Evolving with Corey Castle, episode number 86. Johnny Pemberton, what's up, dude? Hey! Hey! So, <clears throat> um, I tried to reach out to you yesterday. No, it wasn't, it wasn't yet trying yesterday, but I tried for yesterday with you, and you had just gotten back. Were you in Maui? I was. Well, what, 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 what was the, the purpose there? What was going on? Just a quick visit to uh, to spend some time with uh, my my partner and uh, just to hang out, just to and soak it up. Party time. Yeah. Bonding over some Maui. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fucking awesome, man. So, um, you, you seem to be like super well-traveled. I know... Um, you spent some time in South Africa for that for that yeah. movie. Um, how did how did how would you how did you the results of that come out? Like, what did you think about the movie and stuff like that? Well, the movie was. Uh, I mean, it takes a long time to make a movie. It's such a complicated thing. It was uh, filming. It's a lot different than seeing it. And there's so many. It was. I mean, being in South Africa was a real trip. It's such a. It's a diff, very different place than any place I've ever been before. But it's strange because everyone speaks English there, so it's this thing where you feel very comfortable in that sense, and everyone understands your culture because it's, like, it's very multi, very diverse there. So you don't feel ever like you're an outsider. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also very different than America, and it's very dangerous, and it's the dangers aren't really apparent. But it's also it's just I guess it's kind of hard to get the lay of the land there because it seems so familiar while being so different at the same time. You know, my roommate actually grew up in Jersey and would go to that park that that movie was based on. Yeah, it's super popular among people who grew up there. Yeah, um, he like had some death stories and I wish I could remember any of them. And I, I mean, they're all Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia is hilarious. <laughs> Did the movie have anything like that in it? Like, um, true to that? Yeah, there's a lot of dangerous stuff in there, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see it, but I should check it out for sure. Uh, so, tell me about, like, I'm, I'm curious, man. How old are you? 16. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah, man. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think of, like, because I think we're around the same age. I just... Yeah, no. I'm I'm 34. Yeah, I'm 36. Okay, so I I knew we were right around the same age. Yeah, coming similar. coming up when we came up, the world's way different. Like yeah, completely. it's always changing. Things are always changing all the time. So it's hard to, it's harder and harder to look back on how things were and rectify them with the current state of affairs. Yeah, totally. Especially like uh, digitally and stuff. Like I get into all the time about kind of like. Anything you ever want to know or do or see, you can just easily find out like that. Like, just look at your phone, find it out real super quick. And it's hard to, like, wonder about everything these days. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Like, because I saw you tweeted a thing that was like, yeah, delete all your shit. Just Mm -hmm. delete all your shit. And, uh, like, now that you've done that. Right. What difference do you... And especially, like, the fact that you just came back from Maui. Like, you didn't have to... You didn't have to answer to anything or, you know, really sort of, like, cut off the world. 
at that point. Yeah. I was on there for a few days, but uh, I guess what I think is that, I guess I don't mean like necessarily delete it completely. I just mean I think there's something about for certain people having that technology at, at the uh, right there available to you on your phone. Mm-hmm. For me, I have it's really disruptive to me, and it makes me like uh, have, have trouble staying in the moment because I have that there. It can be really fun to play around to like post things that are funny or jokes and stuff like that. I think it can be really fun, but I think it has the potential. Everything that has the potential to be very good also has the equal potential to be very harmful. And so, with, with myself at least, I feel like I have a lot of trouble with. Uh, monitoring that and it becomes a reflex where I'm just looking at this thing to look at it and I don't get anything out of it. All it does is take. And so if you delete it from your phone and maybe like I'll download it to use it. Like, Oh, I want to post this picture and I'll download the app. It takes a long process. It's it's something's got to be really worth it. Yeah. If it's worth sharing, then Mm -hmm. it's worth uh, taking the time to, do that, but I've, everything, I mean, it's come out recently that all the people who designed those programs, especially Instagram, it functions like a slot machine. And right. It's designed from the smartest people alive. To fool you into are. thinking that you're winning something. Yeah, because like the sound, sound notifications pop up, and the way all that stuff works is it's designed to trigger your serotonin reflexes, so you get a little burst, you get a little pss from that. Especially if you have notifications turned on on any sort of app like that. Especially if you have your phone that vibrates. Like my phone hasn't vibrated in like six or seven years. I turn that shit off because I feel like that's like a true like it generates a Pavlovian response in your brain. So you start to like it interrupts your ability to gauge like what is it actual pro, uh, actual positive feedback. It's like a thing where it creates this positive feedback for something that doesn't exist. So you get a fucking email and it dings and vibrates and makes you think you've gotten a reward. It's like rewarding you. Yeah, that, yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing at all. It's just a, a piece of communication. So I guess for me, I just find I know I'm super susceptible to that. So it's like I have to know. I think it's a matter of knowing yourself enough to know what you can handle. And some people are great at looking at that stuff and doesn't bother them or create any kind of thing where they. Bothers doesn't distract them in a way, but I know for me, it's really not good, and I just have to be careful with it. You know, when I was a boy, I thought that uh, Pavlov's dog was that Looney Tunes character when he heard the bell and he go, "Let me at him." Oh right! Oh, what a it's a simple response, right? Yeah, and I, I was like, "Oh, it must be because the bell goes off, and then the dog tries to box somebody." Like, right. I, of course, that dog's name must be. Uh, Pavlov, I don't, I don't really, well, it's just, you know, just, uh, just a big dummy. I mean, a, a big klutzy dummy with a learning disability, you know, just trying to make it through this world. But like, there's just the part, like the vibrating thing. And I, I'm, I'm sure people who listen will probably be able to identify this, like the, that you could, you get that phantom buzzing. Does that ever happen? Has that ever happened to you? It used to happen to me all the time. It doesn't happen to me at all anymore because I turned it off. Yeah, and I mean it, it happens all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, my phone isn't even on me. Why am I, my, why am I buzzing I right now? So I used to have it me all the time. Like constantly, I think it was buzzing and it wasn't. So now it doesn't do that. So I don't have to even. Um, it's not a part. Of, I don't even recognize vibra- I don't recognize vibration in the same sense as it. Don't. There's no urgency to it anymore to me. Yeah. It's it's strange. This stuff will get addicted to. I mean, 
probably like like the 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 attention that we're addicted to. Like huh? it doesn't even have to come with just what well, has to come from just your phone and those apps and whatever, but it comes yeah. from like sometimes getting on stage we've got this like incurable look at me disease that we can't shake off. I I, I mean I I do I it's tough, man. Like I'm just trying to think about like I just this Saturday I had like what I'm considering as like one of my last pro wrestling matches and I've been doing that since I was fourteen. And like now I'm not gonna get in front of crowds and pretend to fight people anymore. That's it's, a hard thing to do. Yeah, man, it's it's uh physically exhausting. Yeah, I mean and then and what what's making me weigh it out is more like like the damage it's going to do to my brain. Like I suppose so. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I feel like it's got to be harder than doing stand up. <laughs> I mean, like my meaning, like physically to my brain is my like. Of course, way harder than stand up. If I if I bomb on a on a on stage, no one's hitting me with something. No one's dropping me on my head because I because I bomb. Like yeah. pe- people can boo or get upset, but they can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I I was recently thinking about. It. I had um, I was doing a, a a podcast with some New York New York comics, and uh, <clears throat> and I started thinking about like when I was younger, and I used to like get back in the back in the uh, backstage after shows, like after matches, and be like, concu- I must have been concussed, and how often that happened, and how like I lost count of it, and it's yeah. it's just freaking me out, and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like use my voice for good in the world somehow, and uh, if I don't have it much longer, that's that's not you know aligning with who I am and what I want and you know how to how to contribute to the world. Yeah, if you don't have that, it's like a it's a, a really tough prospect to navigate. So it's scary. You know what I was thinking? Um, I was thinking about. Uh, when I was a kid, how much of a fan of Roger Rabbit I was, mm-hmm. and then like when I got older, thinking about like the actors interacting with those cartoon characters, right? And then you went and did that. Mm-hmm. You you got to live Roger Rabbit. So what was Zorn like in real life? Well, I mean, it was a very similar thing where it was just interacting with nothing. Yeah, nothing at but all. There, we'd have someone for the first take. We'd have for, for so the camera can know where things are going to look like and do a rehearsal take. And we had a, an actor named Dan Lippert who wore a very large padded gray suit. And he was about six six, I think, or six. He's a very tall guy. He's an improv actor. He would stand in for Zorn and read the lines and stuff. And we would look at him to see where the, sort of the eye lines were. And he would step out and read Zorn's lines off camera. And we'd be looking at where he was supposed to be with him off off to the side. Well, here's something I don't mean to do, and, you know, tell me to shut up if I do it. I'm not trying to ask you the same questions you've probably been asked a million times before. Um, That's okay. I, 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 get, I get it. I get it. 100% get it. Um, I can tell, like, a lot of times if, like, I've done different podcasts, like, uh, Skype in with people on their podcasts, and they'll be like, so, uh, what what made you decide you wanted to be a pro wrestler? And then, like, while I'm answering the question, I'm I'm saying the words I've said many times before, 
And I know right. they're like looking at their phone, not paying attention to what I'm saying, just killing time to get content. But uh, <clears throat> that's definitely like something Pavlovian, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Like it's just really like the the amount of times people are just talking. I actually did it on stage the other day. I said, uh, how many people in your life do you know that like you're saying something to them and you know they're not listening to you. They're just waiting till you shut up so they can say something. Yeah. And, and I was in a, it was at a place where I know they heckle everybody. So I was like, that's what this is. This is about me right now. It's not all about you. Shut the fuck up and listen to me tell you. You know what I mean? And, right. and it's definitely, it was definitely like, all right, I came off pretty angry at first. I got to recover from this now. But it's... I understand. I mean, I don't mind. I think it's answering questions that are like repetitive, or it's okay because it's like it's obviously something that people really are interested in, and I understand why people will be interested in something like that because it's such a weird concept. So it makes sense to be to get asked about it a lot, and I'm always happy to explain it because it is such a weird thing. I was like, I'm, a, I'm proud that we are able to do that, and like I'm proud that I learned how to, to do have, have that weird skill that I'll maybe never use again. But it's fun to have. The process of learning was was cool. The uh, like the the weird the weird like in between time like I know I was listening to you on Duncan Trussell's podcast like when right. when it, uh when like it got canceled or something and you like were sort of not you were just in limbo waiting for something. Mm-hmm. What well, that I mean I I know from like so many times going places and doing shit and then it's just falling through. But I mean, like, whatever came of that? Like, they just... What do you mean? They just the, leave uh, you hanging for a long time? Like, well, how, I mean, the t- I've worked on TV for a long time. It's pretty... Uh, how it works is they have you on hold for a while, and mm-hmm. you can kind of get an idea that something's not going to get renewed. I mean, usually if something... Saying something gets canceled is kind of, like, not really applicable in this situation, because canceled means, like, they stopped it abruptly... But mm. the show just wasn't renewed. So I guess you'd say it was canceled, but it, it wasn't more of it. It's like a thing where you're just waiting around. The longer you wait to know about something, the more likely it's probably not going to happen. So the more likely you know the answer is going to be, oh, we're not going to make this anymore. And we kind of got that idea uh, over time. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's not that weird. It's more just the fact that um, you can't do anything. You're not legal, you're not allowed to do anything else because they have you under contract. So it's just that's the hard part is being held bound to something you know isn't going to be happening anymore. Well, how did that help? How did that work when like you were on both those shows at the same time on different sure. networks? Like you were on Superstore and yeah, I'm just a guest star on Superstore. Okay, they so they, they don't own. they don't go. Hey, you can't do that show because you're on our show. No, they don't. They don't own me. Fox oh. owned me because I'm like that. Series regular on Son of Zorn. So mm. that's how that was. Okay. That's how it is with any, any show, almost, pretty much. Is, uh, you have a, They have exclusive rights to your appearance. <laughs> it's pretty archaic if you think about yeah. it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like, we're like, I've been talking about it a lot lately, about like, what is it, what does it mean to sell out? And how bad is selling out really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, about that a lot it's a it's a thing where i think it's a complicated thing and i feel like i don't know i think about a lot of myself because there's definitely been times i definitely have sold out uh to some extent 
but it's also a thing where I feel like selling out only is is quote unquote selling out if you are not doing anything in addition to that thing. Like I feel like I've done a lot of things. Like I'm going to be working on an NBC show starting in August. It's going to air in the fall, mm-hmm. and it's it's a network sitcom. It's not like it's not something I would create personally because it's just not sort of in my taste bracket. Right. It's not bad. It's just something where I work on this as my job. And you could say that I'm selling out by doing that. But I feel like what it's come to me to me is I'm doing this thing that um, I will do it with the best of my abilities and try to have as much fun and enjoyment and make the best product possible, even though it's technically maybe not always going to be stuff that I find the most funny. But it doesn't really matter what I find the most funny because it's, it's a collaborative product and it's not about me it's about the group that's how i felt about any sort of project i work on for network tv or any sort of big project it's a collaborative thing you're not just doing it for yourself it doesn't matter what you feel about it and so i feel like selling out is if you allow that thing that you're being paid money for to be the thing that dominates everything in your life if you allow that that to be the thing that that um oh this is all i do i'm doing this just because i'm getting paid that's selling out. Yeah, if, if you, you are, don't if you don't continue to be the same person, if you are defined by the person who sold out and the thing you right. sold out to, then 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 sure, I guess you kind of did. But like, if you continue to to still be a good person to everybody and you don't forget where you came from and you and you just like you like you stay you stay with comedy. You like you just got back from tour, right? Right, because I have to. If I didn't do that, I would lose my fucking mind and probably die or something like that. So it's a thing where as much as it's like a thing I choose to do, I know that I have to do it. Otherwise, my brain will erode and I will just be miserable because that's the stuff. As much as I I, I love acting, I think it's like the greatest – it's one of the greatest things a person can do. It's an ancient job. It's like – I think it's one of the oldest – things you could do as a person it's like it's like, it's like prostitution work. acting yeah i really but there, think it's in line with that it's top, top first first five jobs is one of the first five jobs well there's a level of acting in prostitution you have to act like you want to do it exactly i think to some extent it's almost the same thing if you think about it like maybe ancient times it's pretty, it's pretty similar so i mean there's definitely they're definitely connected like a whorehouse used to be or uh like those type of um a brothels, or brothels are like inextricably linked to the creation of jazz music, you know. Yeah. So there's all these things that, all these things that are created in the world of vice that are linked together, and I feel like performing and and acting is it's part of that same thing. So I love doing that, but at the same time, I also know that I have to be, for me personally, just doing just acting on TV is not it doesn't it doesn't uh, fill me up as much as I need, and I have to just work really hard to take care of that elsewhere some people some really great people some great actors some of the one most wonderful people i've ever met are very happy and i hate to use the word content because it's just like a negative (laughs) word but they're very content to be like a a somewhat famous television actor and that's and that's great i think that's i i actually i'm kind of envious of that that people can someone can do that but yeah i mean like i can't um for me it's something where i just um yeah, I just I, I get unhappy if I if I put everything in there because the thing about acting on TV and film is it's it's really not um, it's hard to say this without seeming derogatory, but it's not super challenging. It's not a thing where it doesn't demand 
of you. Uh, it doesn't demand a ton of work from you. You can I, I like to put in a lot of work to what I do, but it's not like all consuming. It's not like a thing where day in and day out you're you're just. Sometimes it can be for some people on some shows. It really is an all-consuming task. Yeah, and I've had that happen to me. Like for some of Zorn, that was all-consuming. When I was making that show, every week it was like I was there five days a week. It was it was long hours? It was a lot of work. I had to do a lot of work on the character, so it was in a place that I felt was good and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was consuming. I couldn't really do much else during that time period. Yeah. But a lot of shows are not that way because that's the first season of a show is always. You're defining things. You're trying to. You're trying to. You're laying the train tracks. Establishing. Know, yeah, you're establishing, and that's the <laughs> hardest work is establishing something. So, once you establish something, it can get pretty um, easy, I guess you say easy. Or, but uh, and that's to me, I get really bored when stuff starts to get that way. So, well, it's easy yeah. To, I mean, then yeah. it could have been easy for that show to get like picked back up and like been a huge success and then like continue on and on and on and on and on and then you become exactly content where you know the kind of place where you you know you start going like oh well i don't need to do i don't need to do this i don't need to do that and sort of yeah. like blow off what makes you you i guess but yeah I maybe that's pretty, pretty easy for it to happen but mm-hmm. i don't think that would i don't know if i could do that right well I maybe would, maybe it's a matter that, of uh, taking taking what happens to you and and like vulcanizing it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, like, what where do you like search for meaning in things? Like, what is it? Like, do you think that that sort of, like, was it sort of for a humbling thing or for like, you know, that like you got bigger and better things coming and like, do you like, do you like throw it into that like cop out like, oh, and everything happens for a reason. God has a plan. He's got it all figured out. Like, do you throw I mean, it into that? The show didn't get picked up. Yeah. Oh, that's that to me. It's just that's just standard Hollywood thing. It happens all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like there's there's no there's no guarantee in anything. I've done tons of things that didn't happen, that didn't that, that go forward for whatever reason. It's not it just it, when you, once you like work here long enough, you realize that everything is so complicated and subject to so many different egos that um, it's amazing that anything has ever been good ever. <laughs> like the fact <laughs> that movie is good. If you see a movie that's really good. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same as seeing an like seeing a fucking like a bird fall out of a nest or something. It's just it's an accident. Well, it's like, so difficult for so many moving parts to come together in a way that actually makes a product that's really likable. Like, like that so, that uh, so that old Mitch Hedberg joke when he was like uh, the 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 ad for the the casino had someone winning big on yeah. the uh, had a picture of somebody winning big. He's like that's what happens the least of the time. That's like if you yeah. put. A, if you put a, a billboard for a sandwich and you showed a guy choking, right? That's this. That, that's why if you make a bad movie or a bad show, no one really cares. Right. It goes away because it's like, well, this is what happens all the time. There's not a single person in Hollywood who hasn't written something terrible or acted in something terrible or does something that was a failure because it's just how it works. It's when you fail all the time is one thing, but it's just a thing where it's just how it works. Everything's goes away and everything even the things that are super successful they're still temporary so it's just the thing of um yeah i mean i obviously it's, it's super disappointing when something you worked really hard on it don't it doesn't get to continue because you put so much into it so it's mm-hmm. really disappointing and it hurts but at the same time it's also just like anything it's like um 
it's just something that died, and now you do you move forward. Right. Well, I have a lot of practice in dealing with disappointments. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty good, fucking good at it. I'm like fucking great at it, actually. Well, like you know, uh, it's like a matter of sort of like being a realist but optimist at the same time. Like, yeah. I, it's like um, I've been saying a lot lately that like. I wind up being the most optimistic nihilist in the world. When I was go, ah, it doesn't doesn't matter anyway. But I mean, things are great. <laughs> things are great, yeah. but nothing. I think uh, like, uh, well, you know the actor J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. He told me something. When we worked on a show together. He was like, "Don't worry about the take because they they won't use the one you like anyway. So they use the one you hate the most. So mm. it's like a thing where you can worry about your performance a lot and." You're like, oh, I gotta, it's got to be this way. I want it to be just that way. Oh, we got it. We got the one I like a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm not editing it. Right. So They're going to they're gonna take the one they like. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what you do as long as you like what you do in the moment. It's a real it's a real force. It's a real exercise in staying in the moment and trying to just enjoy things as they are because you really have, don't have any control over the final product. And if you have to have control over the final product, you have to work your fucking ass off and make your own shit. Otherwise, you won't be happy. Yeah, I did. I did this 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 uh, indie horror film really? years ago, and and, uh, and they like released the trailer, and uh-huh. I was like, oh man, all of that's bad. Nothing that I'm in was any good. And I got like all, all these people going, look, oh man, I saw it so good. I'm like, no, no. Not yeah, I thought that's perspective too. Right. I think it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, perspective and a lot of uh, expectations, and both of those things. You have to understand that your perspective is yours, and you also have to understand that expectations are just inherently it's just so bad. Expectations are the worst. Well, I mean, it's like, own worst critic, own worst enemy. That uh, kind of yeah. all falls into that sort of thing. Um, totally. What do you have? You had. Uh, any hallucinogenic experiences lately? Lately, no. no. Not outside of meditation. I meditate a lot. Sometimes yeah. I have a trip pretty hard while I'm meditating, but otherwise, nothing, uh, no external forces, not in the last six months or so. Have, have you grown up in L.A.? Do you grow up in Hollywood? Minnesota. Okay, you grew up in Minnesota. Born so, there and raised there. Was it like a religious upbringing? Do you have like... No. Nah, not at all. I, I went to Catholic school, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Did they try to, like, did they try to give you, like, the the, the fear? Be a God-fearing boy? Uh, I guess so. Not really, though. I think the Catholic Church is, they're pretty weak these days. They don't have a whole lot of, um, it's hard to, to instill fear in a person who doesn't give a shit. Like, I was really into music, and, like, I think I took psilocybin at the age of 16, so oh. I kind of had a pretty eye-opening experience with that yeah um, maybe 17 i don't know i just uh, i think it was i didn't really care about i feel like i'm more interested in that religion now more than anything because mm-hmm. i back then it was such it was so closely tied to like authority and i just wanted to hated everything about that so the idea of being religious to me felt like the idea same idea as being like you can't skateboard here or that kind of thing yeah this is just... stupid Instead of, you know, like, like rules supposed to be followed, these are laws that are supposed to be enforced. And uh-huh. that, that, that kind of, like, mentality to it makes me want to rebel against it more than, uh, 
more than anything. I'm really that way. I have a problem with that where if someone tells me not to do something, I, I always want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got me in trouble sometimes, and I just realize now I just have to – sometimes it's not the best thing to do is in, to just go against what someone tells you not to do because it just – like you're just making – making waves for the sake of waves as opposed to making them for a reason. And uh, it just took, I think it takes a while to learn that. I think that's part of being an adult is learning how to pick your battles and also how to like, to uh, you have fun, but also not to wreck your own fun by being a dissident for the sake of being a dissident. What, where, where does like your damage come in? Do you have, uh, do you have uh, both parents? Do you have, uh, do you have like siblings or anything like that? Yeah, I've got three younger siblings, and i got a dad and a mom. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's so complicated. I was really sick growing up. I had colitis, ulcerative colitis. Yeah. So I think that was probably, like, that probably fucked me up a good deal, but in a way that I think it made me uh, a lot stronger than I would have been otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, since we're just very little, very few things bother me in terms of physical discomfort and uh, yeah. stuff like that, so... Uh, I feel like that's probably the primary thing that, for me, was like quote unquote wasting damage. That yeah, I mean, like, I, I say like anybody who wants to be an entertainer is damaged. Oh yeah, like, yeah. everyone's damage. fucked up in some way. Either either fucked up or they've had so much support they don't even understand the idea of, of right. there being a problem. Like their parents love them so much that they feel like they can't fail. Or their shit's so fucked up that they don't care if they fail because they're already living in shit. Well, like that that goes to like the. You gotta experience things and fuck it up before yeah. you learn anything. Like if totally. you were, or if you're living this experience where nobody's pointed out to you or made you aware of the fact that you suck sometimes, like uh-huh. that's like you you don't know what being humble is. Like you're like right. oh 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 like like that the Bill Burr joke and he's like oh oh a dog's great when you're a kid everything's great when you're a kid like yeah. <laughs> like a uh, uh, girlfriend cheats on you like. Well, that's when you realize, like, the rest of the world doesn't love you, <laughs> you know? No. Like, I think there's just sort of a neutrality, a general neutrality, and I think that's, uh, I just really feel that there's, like, just a vast neutrality. I don't think there's really uh, opposing forces so much as there's just uh, interpretation and um, a coldness. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, I'm really into nature, and I think that um, a lot of times in nature you see this sort of thing that's just a, just a vast... A vast, um, like if someone dies in nature, it's not because they did anything wrong. It's just because the because they die. It's they, because I don't know how to describe it. But to describe it, I feel like I always think about one time I was running and I saw this crow like fly above me and land on a branch like right in front of me, something like the hills running around. When I saw that, I just had this like overwhelming experience of like. The coldness of the coldness and neutrality of of God and nature is just ever present and infinite, and I'm nothing. So, uh, I'm, it don't matter. I'm just like I'm just this little. Everything is nothing. So, yeah. everything is nothing. Then you can make everything great by. Well, like, I think a lot about how like. Like, dogs and cats don't think about how they're going to die. You know what I mean? No. The, that shit never crosses a lion's head. You know what I mean? Like, they try not to die. Right, of course, they try not to die. But they don't go, like, they don't contemplate, like, when's it going to happen to me? Yeah. When, 
when's death coming to knock on my door? You know, that sort of stuff. I, and I, I mean, I kind of, I get the same way, man. I get so wrapped up in like, I get so wrapped up in like the, the, the present stuff that really shouldn't and doesn't matter at all. Yeah. But flip those, it, it shouldn't and it doesn't. But somehow I make it mean something more. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to change your brain to like reprogram yourself to to thinking about that way. And it's like I think that's just part of life. It's the struggle of life is 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 doing that. And I don't think it's it's not something that uh, I think ever goes away. I think it's just part of living is a constant maintenance of um, of that type of thing. And I think sometimes certain things help certain people. Like I think psychedelics can help a lot of people because they give you a perspective that wouldn't otherwise have um I don't, but also I, I don't really know i just i feel like I'm, i try to think about that i struggle with that all the goddamn time and uh yeah. I, I think it's like a modern problem more than anything but just because we have our lives are so easy to live you know it's like easy to, to... Uh, it's making me think like what you just said uh about like like retraining ourselves to not uh-huh. feel that way uh, and then I, it made me go into like the thought process of like when I was uh, training to be a pro wrestler. It was like right. you gotta you gotta tell your body not to do all of its natural instincts. Like if you're yeah. falling, don't don't try to catch yourself because you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself if you try to right. brace the fall. Just just like uh, you you gotta train yourself to be a certain a certain weight and a certain size and all of it all at once. So that you're completely like, I I know a lot of a lot of pro wrestlers who could who probably wouldn't want to get in a real fight because they throw worked punches. They start oh, like acting, they yeah. start acting like they were gonna like. How come you're not selling my punch? You know, like. Oh my god, that's such a funny idea! Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I suppose it, it does definitely does mimic like the brain because it's like. We're just computers. We're just like super complicated computers. You yeah. just have to resist your initial programming that always wants you to do something that maybe is not in your self-interest unless you were living in the fucking plains of Africa 20,000 years ago. Mm. It's hard to like yeah. constantly do that thing where you have to see things as temporary and um, for the for the weight that they actually have. And it's, it's fucking difficult. It's probably the hardest thing. I think Carl Jung talks about this, about... The frontier, I don't know what he says exactly, but something about how the struggle is in the mind and not so much in the world, in the physical world. And if you can conquer the struggle in the mind, then everything is conquerable in the world. And that to me is, I feel like that's my personally, the hardest thing to do is to deal with the, the, the struggle in the mind of, of, of like staying positive or whatever, whatever your personal thing is. For me, it's like staying positive and not um, comparing things and trying to stay joyful because it's like really hard nowadays to do that because you're just bombarded with so many examples of things that it's uh, it's hard to be plugged into things but also allow yourself to be not be influenced by that. No, like, think about like, okay, being depressed, right? Uh-huh. Like being a depressed person in any way. Do you ever find I'm not saying I'm not saying you're the depressed person in this in this situation. You can say it. No, no, no. But like here's the thing is like I find myself in some deep depression sometimes. But right. in 
in in any of that, I somehow can't trigger the stuff that makes me like tear up. Like I don't have those emotions in me. Like, do that's you what have those? Is. What's that? That's what that's what depression is. Is the lack of that. That's okay. truly what it is. I feel like. Like I was a. Uh, I was watching the um, the Leah Remini show uh, where the like show? what's that the, the Scientology, Scientology. Yeah, yeah yeah and like she was hearing these people's stories and she was crying all these like so much yeah. tears coming out and I was like how do you have all those tears in your head how do you like get all that well I've worked with her yeah and she's uh, she's she's um oh it wasn't it's not her specifically I'm just saying like how does anybody have those tears in their head I think it's just People who have been through a bunch of shit, and they also, I think, I think, I think I'd probably tend to cry more in that situation than I would for my own situation, because it's like you, you hear someone telling their their truth, whatever it is, and it makes it causes this empathetic response. I bet you, you would cry in that situation if you're you on know, camera. You know, you know, you now that you say that, it kind of it kind of rings a little bit. Um, like I watched the like Tony Robbins Netflix thing. Yeah, me too. It's and, so cool. And, like, the people just talking about how fucked their lives have been. Yeah. Like, you can get in a room with somebody and you'd be like, oh, my life sucks. But you don't realize yeah. the person next to you's life sucked probably a little bit worse than yours. Yeah. Or just I equal. I think that's that stuff is interesting. But I mean, lately I've been thinking a lot about that, about how this is, this is a saying I like a lot. I don't know who said it. I think Eleanor Roosevelt maybe said it, but... Who cares? Uh, she said a comparison she's, is... She doesn't need the credit. She's She's got enough. Well, she's dead, so she, she's okay. Uh, <laughs> Eleanor, a comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Now, think about it. If you compare yourself to someone who's better than you, or quote-unquote better than you, you will. it takes you out of the moment, and it takes away joy. Yeah. And I also feel like that goes both ways. There's this idea that, oh, um, oh I must not be so bad off because... This person had it worse than me. Right. That's still comparison. It's still comparison. And comparison is not good in any way unless you're fucking comparing, like, yeah. which fruit more right. Because it interrupts your, your deliberate creation of your existence, like your own goodness. Like, and so the idea, that, the idea of, like, feeling, I think the idea of feeling good because you have it better than someone else is still a, a, ter- a terrible thing because it takes away compassion and it takes away joy and it's something where like it also implies that just because you think like you see someone in a wheelchair and be like oh man at least i'm not in a wheelchair you know that person in a wheelchair might be having a fucking black they could be on cloud nine every day because of maybe they're doing tons of work that they love maybe they're like an artist i don't know maybe they're incredibly fulfilled even though they have they don't have the use of their legs right. so it's just this idea where it's the idea of putting yourself Making yourself better than someone is just as bad as making yourself less than someone. If you think, oh, I suck, this person's so great, I suck, that's bad. If you think, oh, man, that person hasn't really bad, I'm I'm so happy to be better than them. That's also terrible. It's like this thing where... So the comparisons you should be making are you now versus you yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe just the comparison is just just about... um, One second, let me just close the door. One second. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's like just com- the best thing to do is um, 
yeah, you can do that to make you feel better. But at the same time, it's also, I don't think it really has any, I think comparison doesn't really have any place. No, yeah. Outside I mean, of survival. Yeah, it's... Like, oh, it's great. Like, if you want to compare, like, that's why, I think that's, the problem is, I think that's why humans are so successful, is their ability to compare and contrast things. Well, yeah, so like, you, you see, like, the thing that sells people so much on these crash diets and these... And yeah. like all this stuff is before and after pictures. That sells everybody on that stuff. Like, yeah. the, and it's like that's show business. That's like that's what it all is. Like, you you just have to accept who you are. Like, love love you. I guess more yeah. than anything. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's the hardest thing to do. Right. It's it's really hard. It gets harder and harder to do it. So it's just it's like a thing where it's just like a, it's just a struggle. I feel like it's like a struggle every day, especially if you have a brain that's works in a way that's maybe you don't it's it's difficult like a, it's like having a computer with a virus maybe you know that if you have problems with loving yourself it's just like well we just have to deal with this computer that doesn't work perfectly but you have to just take it and deal with what you have what you're working with Johnny what do you think happens when you die like to your body, <laughs> I think it no, starts. Not to your body. What do you so, think happens to your 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 being? What do you think happens to your spirit? What do you? I have an idea. I mean, I part of me thinks that you probably uh, join some sort of collective unconsciousness that you're already a part of. Yeah. Uh, I also I don't I don't know the, the idea of a singular uh, singular like the the soul being going someplace being an entity. I think is kind of absurd. The idea that there's oh, like a destination exists. Yeah, I don't think that makes any sense at mm-hmm. all, like in any sense, in any way whatsoever. I really think it's something that we don't know how to describe, and we may not never know how, ever know how to describe. It's just something where, but the things that you are able to describe, our ability to describe things isn't is so limited that how could we possibly be able to describe something that. It's ethereal, like an afterlife with, lang- with language or anything. It's just not possible. It's like saying, it's like telling, uh, how would you tell, how would you tell a plant what it means to feel sad? Right, like, right. It's just, it's, it's, it's not. Well, sad like people talk to plants all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just feel like there's, there's right. so many things I've, I've seen and felt in, during med- during meditation that I can't describe, but they have, they have a very much sort of heavy, real feeling to me that, um, that just tells me, okay, there's so much going on that I don't understand, and that's just that's just from taking a little toe dips in this sort of like I don't know a different plane, maybe whatever it is. Have you? There's something that happens. Have, that have you ever? Um, have you ever smoked DMT or done ayahuasca? I, have, or I haven't smoked DMT. Okay, I mean, I I sort of like. I sort of think that it's something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, 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 I've been it's pretty close to that, yeah. That, like, fractally, that fractally, like, confused place. But then thinking about that, I'm thinking about, like, that's eternal. So, like, when you think about the amount of time you spend on this earth from life to death, that's yeah. this much time. But then that, <laughs> then that afterlife is way, 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 way more... You have to get recycled. You can't. You can I don't think that you can stay in that space. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Again, that goes back to the idea that, like, you 
as being a singular entity is experiencing something. I, I just don't, doesn't, doesn't make sense to me that there can be any type of a singular entity in a space that way mm. because... Well, just like you said, think about the, just this planet. And this yeah. planet is a certain size and then the rest of everything else, it goes right. on for how you, no one knows. And, and yeah, and what's 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 occupying all that space? You know what I mean? Besides, you know the stuff that we can see. Yeah. So it's like, um, and then now that made me go into thinking about uh, that there there's going to be a for a space force. <laughs> like, right, space force. Space force. Who knows? We can't. We're in for all kinds of cool stuff that we're not. We just don't know about, it, and it's going to be cool to know about it. Right. We're going to uh, police the afterlife. Yeah, R- maybe. R.I.P.D. We just don't know. We don't know, right? That's right. always the thing. That's why I think it's so funny about everything is this: the idea that that someone or someone or some person or something knows something. When really, if you look back, like even fifty years ago, the things that science didn't understand that we understand now, well, that's just scientific stuff and. Like, there's stuff that's happened in just the field of um, bacteriology in the past, like, five years. It is incredible, like, breakthrough stuff mm-hmm. about the microbiome. Like, just that, to me, says, if, we just, if we're just not learning about that, then just imagine what there is to find out. I just know that something, something's going to happen maybe in the next 50 or 100 years where we're going to find out about the way the brain works in terms of uh, synchronicity and, like, connectivity. Yeah, and it's going to be like, oh, so all these things that seem like coincidences before, they were not coincidences. It was some sort of a telepathic communication that's able to be described by science, and it'll make all these things that seem like uh, hokum years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's just this happened. Right. It's like, such, it's like radio. It's like a such, radio wave doesn't make any fucking sense. There's such leaps well. and yeah. bounds in understanding and. And like technology, like I, I had my friend on here like a couple days ago, and I was like, "Hey, um, he, he's got a two year old son." And I said, "How how old are you gonna wait until you buy your son a, a smartphone?" And he was like, "I don't know, till like like he's not around us, like maybe when he's in in school and stuff, maybe yeah. when he's ten. And I was like, "How much are things gonna change between now and the time he's ten? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's gonna be something something different." And, and, and I think like part of the, part of the weird things, I think I tear up more about things that make me happy sometimes. Like, uh, like, um, I, I said to him, uh, if you, you know, one of these days he's going to grow up and he's going to maybe, maybe download podcasts if they still exist 10 years from now. And, uh, he'll look up what the hell his dad was up to and he'll find you on this podcast, uh, and he listens to it to see what kind of person you are. Like, what are you going to say to him, 15-year-old, your son, listening to this podcast? What's the what's the messages that you want him to, like, know about? And, like, what do, what do you want him to know about current version of you? Right. And that, tough. That, I think tough. that teared me up a little bit when he was like, me and your mom are trying our hardest right now. It's tough. It's great to watch you growing up. And it was like, oh, man, all right, so... That that's a little bit of joy right there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I have, I don't know what it's like to be a father yet, 
But maybe, maybe one day if I have a kid and he listens back to so many episodes of this podcast, he or she listens back to episodes of this podcast, that will kind of give him a glimpse into like me being my favorite version of me I've ever been. Right. That's, that's kind of like why I want to put out good things. So it totally. can influence someone or. Yeah. You put out, if you put out the exercise of putting out good things, it's just like. There's an old saying I was thinking about, no, a, um, no good deed goes unpunished. Mm. Yeah. And I just, I guess I think about it differently. I just always think about how if you do things that are good and you keep doing it, you just can't help with something good coming of it. It's not possible. Right. It's just if you keep digging, you're going to get a hole. And it's just the opposite of that. If you keep piling on good things, something will happen. Even if you're doing it for the selfish reason of, oh, well, I want to feel good. Mm. You you will feel good because it's just you can't help it. You can't like you can't have one without the other. So uh, you might as well just do the thing. Just endeavor to to keep punching through the wall or whatever it is. My friend Brittany, who was on here, she she uh, said she had this saying that she told me before, but I heard it a different way. When she first told it to me, and I was quoting it all the time, it was something her her father had told her. You know, this is kind of, I guess, a little bit of whisper down the lane thing. And I talked about it on here, and the quote was, uh, it takes pennies to make dollars. Mm -hmm. And um, I took it, for some reason, I heard, it takes a hundred pennies to make a dollar. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to make a penny. I'm trying to make a penny. And like, somehow... That's something that always stuck out to me. It takes pennies to make a dollar, and I'm, like, applying it to every single thing I'm doing instead of, like, it just being about money because it's definitely not about all about the money. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But it, it's it, it's about feeding my spirit and about, uh, you know, like like we just said, it's about uh, be, being, being a light to somebody who doesn't know that they were looking for a light, you know? Right. Like... What what a discovery. You know what I mean? What a discovery. Think about like the person you found out inspired you. Who was that? Well, I mean a lot of people inspired me. But um, like you didn't know you were looking to be inspired and then all of a sudden, boom, you're inspired by somebody. I'm trying to think. I mean a lot of times it's musical. I find I hear some new music and it really uh, I can't think of I mean, I guess someone I think about a lot is Andrew WK. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty inspirational in a cool way in terms of like being weird and also being really inspiring. Um, oh, I, I, there's so many people. It's a thing where I think Michael Pollan is really inspirational, the the food plant writer, because mm-hmm. he's so smart and he's just so like driven to just so fearless. I guess I think that's he's really interesting. Uh, I think that like. I don't know. I think that um, I think Robin Williams to me has been was oh, really yeah. inspiring because yeah. he's such a weirdo and just sort of like being very uh, like not concerning himself with um, being silly or absurd or any, anyone who does stuff like that. Where yeah, it's, it's like being, embarrassment doesn't exist for them because yeah, any type of a listen, a friend of mine named Phil Burgers. He also goes by the name Doctor Brown. Mm-hmm. He's really inspiring to me because he's such a he's such a positive, warm guy, but he also is just this incredibly funny person who does all this really absurd, just totally silly stuff that has no there's no commentary out. There's no like political commentary. It's just 
fucking pure physical absurdity. To me, that's just like so inspiring because it's really, I don't know. I just love the idea of being, being like a, you're just, you suck. Like being a person, I'm stupid. I suck. I'm dumb. Mm. Anytime you can can like shed your status and just be, I'm just an idiot. (laughs) It just feels so good to be just a dummy in the face of, in the face of what I consider to be like pompous, pandering, status mongering shit. Like Mm. it's just so cute and so like heartwarming to see. Anytime, like the whole idea, like speaking truth to power, uh-huh. I think even more so than speaking truth is like speaking uh, idiocy to power. Like the idea of like you don't to not know about something, yeah, is way more different. Is way more destructive than to be opposed. Because mm-hmm. it's imagine if you like met some. I don't know, just not about that. Like the idea of of, of uh, not caring mm-hmm. about the idea of playing. Like you're going to play in the face of. But all this stuff's happening in the world. There's a, the Supreme Court. All this stuff's happening. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play basketball. I'm gonna like do something dumb. I'm gonna do a backflip into the pool. And well, like that, that shit dumb. is so cyclical. It's gonna keep on going. Like whether whether you're outraged about it or not, yeah. you're just another person outraged about it, and it's gonna continue, and it's gonna be some other some other judge or some other president or some other uh, right after that and and that's what you're going to leave behind is oh oh he was outraged a lot like no unless just calling unless you feel like it's your calling to help exercise change which is awesome if you mm-hmm. do that but i think a lot of people they, they're missing their calling because they're caught up in trying to affect change is something that they can't mm-hmm. and when the best thing you can do the most rat there's some old quote i can't think who said it but the quote is to play is the most radical thing you can do. And I just love the idea of that, like, oh, you're being a radical by not caring about this stuff that everyone's so concerned about. You're in a sandbox, or you're you're playing. Right. And playing to me is just the most... If, a lot of times I find myself, oh, I'm not playing, I'm not having fun. And I'm not having fun. It's like, oh, that's just really bad. Mm-hmm. In a way, I feel like it's kind of sinful. If you're like a religious person, like, oh, this is sinful to not be playing because you're basically... Like, if you want to get down to, like, uh, the politics religion, I think you're you're denying the joy of creation when you're not having fun. Right. And it's like, it's like if, you're, if you're not playing in the sandbox that's here for you, then what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, uh, like, well, like, <laughs> enjoying life. I always mm-hmm. break it down, like... You enjoy, you're in joy. You have to be in joy. You have to know what joy is. Otherwise, if you're not enjoying life, what are you doing? Yeah, you're just, you're, you're just, uh, not good. <laughs> it's not good. You're like, basically, you're letting, uh, the devil destroy you because that's, that to me is what's the most purely satanic thing is, is rules and regulations and tamping things down. Calm down. Don't, don't. Anything that's anything suppressive, mm. I think is satanic, and it's uh, anything suppressive. You know, I think you know the way I'm saying it. But it's suppressive. In yeah, sense it's it's, it's very thing. like it's very thumb on you, like hold you down, like yeah. don't don't independently think things, don't yeah. don't try to don't try to, and use this in in the wrestling business a lot. Was like, oh oh, he's just protecting his spot, so. 
his spot is this part of the card, like, you know, where my hand's at. And, like, he wants you to never get to his part on his spot or mm-hmm. go above it. Because if you get to it, you're definitely going to be able to go above it. Right. So hold you down, hold you down so that you don't, so that you don't do better than them. Or like the same thing, like just jealousy. Jealousy is, I mean, it's, everyone does it at some point in time. They get, you get fearful and protective and it's hard to, uh, sometimes it's hard to recognize you're doing it. I know I've had, I remember, I've had a lot of times recently where I recognize I'm doing that. I'm like, man, I'm being protective of something that shouldn't be protective of. And it's bad because it takes you at the moment or I'm like, I'm trying not to show, I'm trying not to be vulnerable right. because I don't want to be perceived as weak or something like that. I mean, you recognize yourself doing that. You're like, oh man, this is, I mean, it's great to recognize it. Oh man, I'm doing this thing that's, that's making things worse, not better. I have to just let go mm-hmm. and relax and be myself and whatever happens, happens. And it's, it's if it's something bad that happens, well, it's, it's, I just deal with it. But usually, usually it's not. It's the kind of thing where I feel like asking someone, like if you ask something of someone you don't know, then you're 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 giving yourself up. You're making yourself making yourself vulnerable. Oh yeah. I mean, like, what what's gonna come of me asking you about a thing I don't know about? Like, what are you gonna yeah. go? You're gonna go, oh, you stupid idiot! You don't know about it. Like, huh? uh, okay, and then what? You know, and that's cool. Isn't that cool? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Be, I think it's funny to be an idiot. Like a lot of times, I'll pretend to be dumb in situations because it's so fun to be dumb. Mm-hmm. This is a thing where, if you really are dumb in the face of a person for long enough, they you can kind of undo them by right. playing dumb. Well, it's kind of like, you know, knowing another language and having someone speak it right in front of you, mm-hmm. and not smartening up to the fact that you know what they're saying. Yeah, like my, like my mother, she she would always say, "Don't show, don't show your hand." Like, if you know someone's doing something messed up, and it's supposed to affect you, don't tell them you know about it. Watch yeah, them, watch them sweat. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty devious, but it's a great. Mm-hmm. It can be used in ways that are like really effective in terms of like. I don't know. It's it can, can, it sometimes can be a trap in a bad way. I find with me sometimes as I do that. But I, uh, if you use it the right way, it can be a really effective tool to like to do all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Up or whatever. It's it's pretty freeing to yeah totally to be free. It's freeing. It frees you up from the responsibility of being. I know things. I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm, a, I'm important. I know. Right. Because then you build an expectation on yourself because you think. Somehow, you, your ego gets built up, and you go, everyone yeah. thinks I know everything, so I can't be the guy who doesn't know something, because uh-huh. then what will it say about me, and oh my god, and you get so wrapped, I, you're, just, you're, just, you're just building bricks on top of something that shouldn't be built upon. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of times I deal with that, if I have to deal with like something like a, like a customer service type thing, it's always nice to, to do that, because then it's a thing where that person feels... Um, they feel you're also going to empower someone, empower a stranger by by giving them the ability to to know the thing or be the expert on something, and that's always like a it's always nice to empower a person you don't know. You know, um, I, I was telling you earlier about how like I just started a job this week, mm-hmm. and um, the I 
like, I started the day with two moments where I feel like I might have caused an aha moment for somebody. Okay. Um, and I, I felt so good about it. But it wasn't like I was, pr- like, being prideful about it. But I was like, I hope that affected them in a way that, that you know, that can be uh, productive to tomorrow for them. Like, um, the, um, the one woman came in who was, like, the trainer because I'm in the training class. And somebody said, like, oh, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, it's just another day for me. So, said something like that. Very Eeyore. Very Eeyore from Pooh. And, and I was like, no, you got you to gotta be grateful. You made it to today. Like, you, you, you did it. Congratulations on today. I said to the woman, she was like, you know, you're right. And, I mean, even if it just affected her for that moment, that, that's yeah. fine. And then later on, um, I was, we, somehow deodorant and sweat stains came up in a conversation. Right. And I was like, oh, I just put the shirt on and it's already got sweat stains. I just took it off because it's so sweaty. But uh, the, the one girl said, oh, you can never win, can you? And I was like, you can. You can totally win. There's going to be <laughs> obstacles. If, if you think having sweaty armpits is losing, you, you, got, you got some large battles ahead of you. Exactly. Well, I mean, the thing I always think about, the perfect example to me is if you go to a ticket booth for a parking, like a like a parking ramp, mm-hmm. you know, those people, for some reason, always get the worst of people. Like, like assholes always give them a shit about having to pay for parking. Listen, in Los Angeles is a big thing. Yeah. I always do is whenever I have to pay for parking, when they tell me how much, I'm always like, that's cheap. Oh. <laughs> like, and it always surprises them because they're so used to people going like, I gotta pay. Like I gotta pay for this. It's like, yes, you fucking idiot. You parked here. <laughs> it costs money to do this thing. You're there were signs as you yeah. pulled in. There were signs outside that said money has to be has to be exchanged. You don't, you don't deserve to have to pay this. Like fuck you. Mm. It's, like you're so big. You're so special. You don't have to pay for this thing that's been provided to you. And it's so funny just to turn on its head to like. To basically almost like tip the person who's charging you because people hate him so much. It's so funny. It's like people, it's like, it's just such a funny thing that exists that makes me laugh. But I mean, coming from somebody in the, in, in a, you know, in a somewhat public eye, then I think like one of those customer service situations that, I mean, that, that gives them hope for, you know, fame not turning you into a dickhead. You know what I mean? Or, you know, yeah. like coming from, like here, here's what's funny. Like you said, you were talking about being content. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never content, and uh, I I don't really believe in it. My mom kind of told me when I was young that like there's a ceiling that mm-hmm. you can't you can't build on. You can't build above you because you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta rise above it. Um, Whatever you think your limits are, there's always higher to go. Yeah, always. Um, but I was in a relationship where I would I said like I wanna I wanna have these people know who I am. I wanna have these people. I wanna have a convers. I wanna have the kind of relationship with the outside world where the people who I admire and the people who I am inspired by and respect know who I am. And she said. Join the club, and I was like, um, 
what the the people people who I want to talk to talk to me will talk to me club the the club of friends yeah that's what I'm trying to do join the club and she's like no I mean get in the back of the line and I was like how many other people want exactly what I want <laughs> right and then and then uh, you know like reaching out to you and you reaching back out to me like that's that's kind of all it takes it's really just it just takes to like pursuing what you want like. Mm-hmm. You reaching back out to me, other you know, other really cool people reach out to me as well. And I'm saying, like, don't try to pitch a content over my head. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to push past, and I, I, I can't, I can't feel like this is as good as it's going to get ever, because because it, it's got it, it's got it's not like it's bad, but it can always be better. Right, there's, there's only perfect moments. Right. And that's like a garden, where it's like a, it's a perfect moment in the garden, but it's always going to change. And it's okay to enjoy a moment. Like, oh, this is great. This little moment here is so perfect. But it's just, uh, it's temporary. I mean, that's what I like about gardening so much, is it's, everything changes all the time, so it's okay if something's, you know, if something's really good for a period of time, mm-hmm. it eventually will not be. So all you can do is enjoy the times that are good for what they are, mm-hmm. and know you just endeavor for more of that through work. I I have not taken up gardening, mm-hmm. but right up front of my house, there's a there like there's a few like roses that sprout up every once in a while. And like last week, there was just this beautiful rose out of out of all this shrubbery that was just sloppy. And then we I just took a moment to appreciate it and go, "Oh my god, that's so pretty." And then Today it's nothing. Today it's rotted up. Nothing. Yeah, it's gone. Like, it's just that whole be here now, you know? It's really like, uh, I know, uh, this, this sounds real bro of me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the band Hoobastank? I know of them, yeah. I don't know their music that well. They have a song that I, I sing to myself sometimes, and the lyrics are, look around Take it in, enjoy this moment while you can, because we may never be here again. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that a lot. I think about like the moment I say these words, they're gone from me saying them. But then someone else will listen to it later, and for them, this right now is a different right now than the right now that I'm experiencing. Exactly. I feel like I'm doing a Bill and Ted bit. <laughs> the us, the us right now. <laughs> I think that stuff is so funny because it goes back into sort of the absurdity of things, of just the absurdity of, uh, is this now? Well, that was now, but now is now. because But now, even now, that I said now was, was not now, it was then. Yeah. Just that, that stuff is so funny because it's, I don't know, it's just funny shit. Yeah, to, to um, a couple of years ago, uh, two of my cousin's kids, we took them to um, fireworks on the 4th of July. And they were in the back of the car and they were like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm like, no, we're we're here. Are we? And then we pulled in, and they're like, are we here? I'm like, yeah, we're here. Oh, and right now we're here. And right now we're here. We we were we were there. We were here too. But then behind, like, we just like did this whole bit where they then continued on with the joke, and they forgot about how complainy they were. Yeah, that's a funny thing. And are we there yet? That's a good idea. Are we there yet? No, we just were there. Oh, now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're there here. Now we're there. And then we're here. And this can go on and on and on. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can do it just forever. Yeah. Like, uh, Mike Kaplan had that bit when he did the whole thing with, like, every, every bit he was like, or is it? And then, uh, this, this oh, was like, or is it? And he's like, this bit could go on forever, or could it? And like, huh. just is completely. Cyclical. Yes, yeah, so, so cyclical. And I think that's really like. Every moment is fleeting and needs to be appreciated for what it is. Totally. Right. Uh, I, I started thinking about it like... um. I got, I'm almost 4.30. I, I kind of got to... Okay, yeah, yeah. I was, about to, I was about to mention that as well. Um, well, I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, I was just saying, like, uh, just, a, just a smile or a hi, how's it going can change somebody's day. Like, totally. if you... Uh, I remember, like... In, in school and like walking through the hallways and I'd be somebody I'd be friendly with on on someday and then the next day I'd be like oh, how's it going and they just act like they didn't see me and I was like oh it must not be cool to say hi back to me because I'm not one of the cool guys you know and then I started thinking about like I'll never do that to somebody it's hard work being cool man it fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful to not be cool I'm fine Forever, not being cool. Yeah, being cool is a. It's like a. It's a. I feel bad for people who are super cool, but it's like that's a tough thing to maintain. It's, it can't feel that be that fun. Right. Well, like that also comes with the knowing what it's like to suck and to eat shit yeah. and to make mistakes. Like, if you're told you're cool from such a young age, you never know what it's like to not be cool until you don't anymore, and then your life's a wreck. Unless you're cool because you don't give a shit about anything and you're like Buddhist and you're cool. Like, oh, this guy's cool because he's super nice and just is having a good time and not taking things seriously. Johnny, normally the way I end the shows is I say, uh, I'm giving you this podcast. It's yours now, right? Okay. So from now on, it's going to be evolving with Johnny Pemberton. This is your show now. Awesome. Uh, and uh, now... Now, I just want to know, like, now that you have the show, right? how do you do, like, uh, Jerry Springer's final thought of the show to just sort of wrap it up? I think I just make a really loud, long sound until it starts to sound like a word. Until a word. Okay. Until a word forms. I think that's probably what I would do. Okay. All right. Uh, can you give me an example of that? It's something like, a. Um, man i appreciate you hanging with me i want to let you know man if you're ever back in philly let me be a resource to you even if even if you're not in philly if you're if you're if you're just around and you're thinking like you're thinking like no one will understand you and you need some somebody to just hold space for you you need to talk to somebody never hesitate to reach out to me you know I love to be that resource. If you come here, you need a couch to crash on. I got a pretty, pretty comfy couch out there, you know. And hopefully, you know, hopefully sooner than later, I'll be, you know, on your coast. But I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm not, I'm not overthinking it too much. But, but at the same time, that's not relevant. Just let me be a resource for you in any way. If you have ideas, you want to talk about something that I might understand a little bit more than other people might understand, and you know. Let that let that go 
uh, and pass that on. You know what I mean? If you, Thank if, you. if, if, uh, you know, if anybody's ever listened, if anybody ever listens to the show and then wants to, you know, reach out to somebody who's, you know, judgment free. Yes. That's just great, sir. write me on, write me on anything and I'll give you my phone number. Like, that's just the way, the way I really, really feel. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. And, uh, it's been, it's been a huge pleasure. What was that? I was just doing this. Oh, hulking up? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a cool gesture. Cool. I feel yeah, cool. I What's that? I can't do that. I can't do it, but it's not that <laughs> Well, that's comparisons. Let's don't compare. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, catchphrase? You got a catchphrase that you want to throw out? Or just 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 the noise. The noise is it. The noise is it. That's my catchphrase. Okay. Well, you know, I hope next time I listen to your podcast, you use that. <laughs> you use that that noise. Your a podcast called Evolving with Johnny Pemberton. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, man. Keep evolving. Bye. Bye.